Queer Business Success, the podcast for LGBTQIA business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, coaches, caregivers, and the allies who love our community. We tell the stories of why our businesses were formed, who we serve, our challenges and successes, and we offer sound advice to our fellow queer entrepreneurs. Our hope is to inspire, enlighten, and highlight the services that our LGBTQIA businesses and allies offer. If we can do this, so can you. We believe that we need more LGBTQIA business owners, not only for our community, but for a better world. Here's our host, Anne-Marie Zanza. Hi, this is Anne-Marie Zanza here, and welcome back to another episode of Queer Business Success. I am so happy to welcome to the show today, Lizzie Kurtzer. Lizzie is an interconnection coach and she works with women and people with menstrual cycles to get to come back into their bodies and reclaim their space. Welcome, Lizzie, to the show. It's so nice to have you. Thank you. Lovely to be here. So since you're queer and you identify as a lesbian and your your pronouns are she, her, right? Yes, yes, yes. I'm glad I got that right or we would have had to (laughs) re-record. So tell me a little bit about your queer journey. Yeah, so I came out when I was 30, actually. And yeah, I had a, it, it was a bit of a, I wouldn't say it was a bumpy journey. It was one of those things where I all of a sudden it like yelled at me very loud and clear. And I was like, okay, yeah, I, I'm here. So I was married before to a man. I got married 21, you know, a marriage that I kind of just hidden, didn't know who I was, where I was going. And went in my own therapy journey. And I think just through that therapy journey, and working with lots of shame. I can remember I got to my 30th birthday, just before my 30th birthday, actually. And I said to a friend, oh, I think I, uh, yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm interested in women. I'd, I'd really like to explore women. And it was just that first person to kind of say it out loud to you. And from there, it was like, well, do I want to explore it in my marriage? I remember saying it to my husband and him being like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, you know, no way. And and me just being sitting with it and having this curiosity about it and thinking about it. And yeah, then I just kind of realized I, I was away on a work trip in New York, actually, and had one of those moments when I was in a bar where I was like, you know, looking at another woman across the room. And I, and I kind of realized this is, this is more than a fantasy. And this is, this is me. And, I, and, and, you know, why I'd started therapy, gosh, and I'd started therapy at 23 was because I remember thinking to myself, if I don't do something now, I'm, my life's going to go by and I'm never going to have lived, mm-hmm. you know? And so, you know, 20, 23 is when I started therapy and, and 30 was when I, when I came out and yeah, it was just, and, and from that moment forward, it was a really beautiful journey. And, and, you know, one reflection, I could see where it had been speaking to me and, I grew up in a household that was very liberal and I thought it was very liberal, but received messages like, we love gay people, but you're not gay. You know, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, as you know, I work with people coming out later in life and everything you've said is pretty typical of the journey, including thinking about, OK, how am I going to do this? Are we going to explore it in our marriage? You know, mm-hmm. with my ex-husband, when we um, started talking, you know, when I was like in the process, we like literally went typically later in life, people do threesomes, 
Um, they talk about threesomes, they talk about mm. open marriage, and they talk about polyamory. My ex-husband and I, that conversation was about a half an hour. We were both, <laughs> no, no, no. And I didn't like, I remember saying to him, I said, his, I, I'll say ex, you know, if I'm going to sleep with a woman and be with a woman, I don't really want you there. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, it was so that like, I had a lot of trouble with accepting my queerness. And so mm. I was 50 when I came out. And so, mm. you know, I had a lot of trouble with that. And it was like something that, you know, like when people, when I meet people, like you, I heard you say it in reflection, I realized that it was always sort of there. Mm. Um, and also too, you know, I grew up in a progressive household, but I definitely received some messages that it's it's okay to love gay people you just can't be one of them yeah you know yeah. and um so i remember all you know all those things and it's a very tip you know the thing is about coming out later in life and later in life is self-defined the youngest people i've worked with have been 25 and i have a handful of 30 year olds in my program right now mm. um, but it is definitely there's like things and markers that we all have and it sounds like you had them too and it's once you get through the decision isn't whether you're gay or not, as we mm. both know. The decision is how am I going to live my life with it? Yeah. That's yeah. the decision. And mm. so if you get through all the hard parts of those decisions, then it's actually pretty beautiful. Yeah. Know? And yep. wonderful. So tell me about your business. How did you get into all of this? Yeah, I know. Like menstrual cycles uh, and coat. Yeah. It was one of those things, the menstrual cycle work just found me one day. I uh, was at a point in my life to so come out. I'd, I'd left my husband. I'd met Bethany, my partner. Career was going really well. And I remember thinking, I was driving home one day with Bethany in the car from work. And I said to her, I think there's something wrong with me. I really think there's something wrong with me because I don't understand why. You know, I, I couldn't understand why sometimes I could walk into a boardroom and absolutely hold my own in front of a, a whole group of C-level people. And a few days later, I would just be running a, a, a normal meeting with my team and I would feel like uh, a total imposter and I, I feel like I couldn't run the meeting and I, I, I didn't belong there. And, you know, why is it that sometimes, yeah, I felt like I could take on the world and then other times I felt like I, I shouldn't be there. And so why could I be my best friend to myself and the biggest cheerleader and then the biggest and then sometimes the worst bully? And I just I just didn't understand that. And then I and I, I've done psychology at uni. You know, I, I'd done this journey with myself. So I was, I think, in some respects, quite frightened and quite confused. And then I was listening to a podcast, listening to a woman called Claire Baker. I can't think of the name of the, the, the podcast, talking about menstrual cycle awareness and what that means and it being, and her, her educating about this message that if you have a menstrual cycle, your cycle is on average 28 days, depending on how long your cycle is. Mm -hmm. And within that cycle, you are, you are different every day because your hormone combination is doing something different every day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we live in this world that um, tells us, yeah, like um, that, that glorifies consistency, doing, you know, being the same, this 24 hour clock. And those um, with um, male hormones, the testosterone rises in the day, peaks around midday, drops in the afternoon, and kind of does that every day. And then the, the menstrual cycle is these estrogen in the first half, estrogen, testosterone, and progesterone in the middle, and then progesterone in the second half. They all do something different. So 
all of a sudden I, I was hearing someone telling me, you're not meant to be the same every day. And so I'd been really shaming myself and, and uh, giving myself a hard time and being confused by my patterns. And all of a sudden I was hearing for the first time someone saying, you're not meant to be. And you can break the cycle down into, into four different phases. And But all of those phases have real joys and strengths. And all of those phases have shadows. And it just like blew my mind. And so from there, I was like, oh, I think this is the work I want to be doing with people. And then it's, you know, been a journey of learning it myself and living and breathing this practice of knowing where you are on any given day of your cycle and so, then and working with that. So talk about a little bit about, I'm so this is, you know, I mean, it makes a total, I've never thought about it that way before. Mm. And I'm menopausal. So, you know, I don't have to think about that stuff so much anymore, but talk to me a little bit about joys and strengths and the shadows. What do you mean by that? Mm, Yeah. So if we think about, um, if I start with like coming out of your period, so that first week after your period, your period stopped and you're coming out and it's like this renewal. <laughs> so the joys are like, oh, wow, there's this world out there and I'm interested in again. And it's, and there's real like curiosity and your energy is rising because estrogen is a dominant hormone. But the shadows can be, so, you know, particularly for me, my teenage years, there were a lot of messages around don't, don't be too big. Like don't, don't take up space, you know, don't be seen. And all of a sudden they've got this hormone in my body that's saying, Hey, woohoo, I'm here. Like be seen. And that rise in estrogen um, can cause anxiety. It can bring up um, shadows from your, your teen years or your menarch years. And yeah, that rushing hormones can just cause a bit of anxiety in people. And that though, and it, new beginning in the middle of your cycle, which we call the inner summer is, which we call your inner summer when you're ovulating, you know, you've got this combination of hormones that just are beautiful in their, com- in their combination. You know, we're ovulating, where our sexual energy is high. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I remember, I, you know, I had to conceive, chill. I can, I wanted to conceive, so yeah. I didn't have to. So I know all about, you know, ovulation and stuff like that, because I, when I was in the years where I was trying to conceive, I had mm. to that stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. So there's, there's real joys in that. It's like, I, I want, and that's also the, the comp, the part of the cycle that the world like glorifies, right? That's the energy that we think we should be all the time, but actually that's in this middle part of our cycle where we're out, we've got high capacity, we can do a lot, like we're out there doing it, but the shadows to there are like kind of almost like martyr syndrome giving too much, if you've got sexual shadows, you know, if you're working through your coming out journey, your queer journey, that that might be a sticking point for you because, you know, you've got all this uh, sexual energy moving through you and you might still be working through your own pieces there. And just like if you move into the premenstruum, which if you have a menstrual cycle, you know, everyone's got different experience of like PMS, PMT. And I'd say that's where a lot of people come into the work because either their premenstruum is ruining their relationship or their relationship with themselves. And so that there's a, there appears to be a lot of shadows there and you get a lot of grief from the external world. Just be quiet, get on with it, you know, stop being such a bitch, all of these things. Well, you but, know, yeah. this is fascinating, Lizzie. I mean, like, it's nothing, I mean, like, I'm really fascinated by this. And I'm like, so I have my later in life group and yeah. I'm like, you're, what you're talking about, I'm like, I'm just going to give them, to, you know, this will come <laughs> up. Like, I'm going to like, I'm just going to sh- give them this and say, y'all need to listen to Lizzie. Yeah. Because this is really fascinating because I've never 
having our period and stuff like that and um the shame around having like you know when you had the dips and the like like my my wife talks about how you know we're both menopausal now but we don't have to worry about that but but we do actually yeah uh, because i'm you know but i keep pointing that way because <laughs> She's in the other part of the house. But, you know, she said that like her, you know, her partners when she was younger would be like, oh, you're going to have your period. And then she would get pissed at them. And then they were right. The next day she would get it because her mood would change. And Mm -hmm. and, you know, I just remember getting a lot of shame around when my mood would like get down or I'd get a little cranky or something like that. But that's just my body was my body just doing and because we live in a patriarchal society and men go through life with the rise into testosterone, just like you said. Every day, yeah. Oh my gosh, this is like life changing. Yeah, yeah. And and this is like when I had I was like, oh my God. And usually when I'm like I'll just see when you're working with people like there are the shoulders just be like, oh, like, oh, wow. Like, oh, I am okay. Because yeah, like we live in this patriarchal world that's, that is like based on the 24 hour clock, like glorifies doing. And like in your premenstruum, the dominant hormone is progesterone. And that's a hormone that's asked, it's, it's a calming hormone and it's a slowing down. But women are trying to, or women or people with menstrual cycles are, are trying to maintain the energy that they had the week before <laughs> in their ovulation, go, 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 go. And so it's almost like this pressure. And so like, no wonder moods, you know, get extreme and, you know, and rage and feelings of hopelessness and helplessness, because, you know, we're not allowed to listen to our bodies and listen to ourselves and trust ourselves in that. Well, yeah. And we're not allowed to have fluctuating emotions. Yeah. Um, especially in male dominated, male dominated spaces, even actually, even in female spaces sometimes, because, you know, we've learned that it's not acceptable. Okay. It's not okay. So I have a question. So what do you, do you ever work with people that are postmenopausal? Yeah. So interesting. Like, um, I'm glad you've asked because I was going to say, so we, when we talk about the pre-mention as well, it's very initiatory to, menopause and postmenopause and, and what often what you're experiencing in your cycling years in that premenstruum, you know, this disturbance, the disruptance, the like, I don't know if you ever, when you're cycling in your premenstruum think, Oh, fuck it. I'm, this is it. I'm quitting my job and I'm moving to the other side of the country. And like, and that how in, in menopause, it can be this, like this, you know, you're being asked to like come into yourself and come into your body and, and like listen to yourself in a way that you haven't before and like the, sen- the, le- the sense of discernment. So with postmenopausal women and menopausal women, one, rather than tracking their menstrual cycle, we track, we use the moon to track because the moon, you know, it's 28 days, it expands and contracts. So the same sort of thing that the menstrual cycle does, you know, we, we get our period and then our energy rises, we ovulate and then our energy contracts and the moon does the same thing. And we, um, so we can use it as an anchor some people do feel a real connection to it in terms mm-hmm. of their energy. And then part of the work as well is 
is like reclaiming these parts of themselves. So we, we might go back and look at their men up, like their first period and explore that. And what was around for you then? And what were your messages were you receiving? And how can you access your, in the context of a woman, we might talk about the inner maiden in different individuals. We kind of look at the archetypes, what, what works for them, but how can we like access that part of themselves? And we'll kind of journey through using archetypes as well, because you can overlay some archetypes with the cycle to really give access because postmenopause, you're right. Like your, your hormones are, are more settled. But that doesn't mean, or, yeah. And for me, I had, I was having problems with depression and mm. my, my therapist mentioned, um, she goes, you should go get your hormones checked. And when I did, like I had zero, like no estrogen, no yeah. progesterone, zero, yeah. my numbers were at zero. And so then my, um, then I went to an OBGYN and she, you know, I put, I'm on, a, you know, HRT. Uh, yeah. Because it was a lifesaver. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, it's well, really, yeah. I mean, you know, now I'm learning more about what is it, bio, what are they called? The hormones that are bio, um, bioidentical. Um, yes, yes. Hormones and stuff mm. like that. And so I'm thinking about maybe doing switching over to that. But but the thing is, is that um, those hormones are life-giving. And, and one mm. thing I did want to mention too, I really resonate with what you say about when the menses stops it often when women come into their, you know, when that part of their life mm. over, they really come into themselves. Like, and, and that's so interesting to me because I have read like, so like, why, why would, you know, I came out at 50. So I was in perimenopause then probably. Mm. And what happened is the estrogen level dropped. And I'm not saying that made me gay. It was always gay. <laughs> but what I'm saying is my homing instinct, that homing instinct yeah. that, that I need to stay in this place, which was where with my ex-husband and my, you know, raising my, my children were grown at that point. But I needed to, you know, like that nesting instinct yeah. dropped. And that's when I was able to say, okay, I, I can't live this type of life anymore. I'm, I'm not straight. I need to live my queer life now. And like, I have always thought that that's tied to hormones too. And I've read studies that mm. it, now just want to caveat this here. Not everybody's going to, not every woman is going to go through menopause. <laughs> they may do other things. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Totally. They may do other things. Thing is, is the hormones like estrogen, progesterone are really important for us. And I don't think we consider that very much, you know, yeah. in our daily lives. No, no. But, uh, so much I can say about because you're right. Like, like you're saying when there was like no progesterone, no estrogen, that bit just before you get your bleed, where for some women could just feel like absolutely horrible they're not being buffered by any hormones and that's a glimpse in our cycle. And then when you're going through menopause for some women, yep, that they, they just, they lose it all. And gosh, like that's where it's like, you, you don't have to suffer and you don't have to suffer in silence and, 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 and get, and like go and seek some, seek help. And if HRT is your thing, then like, absolutely. Because they do, they're so important in, in, in the way we um like exist in this world. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, like you say, like, not everyone's going to come out. That's not going to be their thing. But you get your, like, your, you hear so many women and people talk about, like, their calling. Or it's not like all of a sudden you realize, like, hey, this is my life. Like, this, I'm being called into myself. And, yeah, like, that caregiver that, like, I've got so much to give. Like, like 
yeah, like I'm here to serve everyone else, then it's like, you know, what am I actually here to serve? And it starts with, with, within ourselves. And when I'm working with people who are cycling, we mm-hmm. use that energy in the premenstruum. And then working with postmenopausal women, I mean, they're just so powerful and I love working with them because I learn so much from them. But also, yeah, we can see, we can kind of draw on the different cycles in life to, to help them channel that, that part, of their, part of their life that they're in. So Lizzie, I got a great question for you. So you're, you know, you identify as a lesbian. My wife says periods never sink, sink up. Do they or don't they? That's like me. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was the, when my two older people, my, 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 my daughter and my second child identifies as non-binary now, but when they were young, it sort of did sync up in our mm-hmm. house, but we are all biologically related. So does that tell me about all that stuff? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how my work has moved um, into the LGBTQ place because like it's fascinating with, with lesbians and when two people have menstrual cycles. So they do, they do sync up. And, and Bethany and I have been together for nearly six years and there have been parts of our cycles. There's parts when our um, cycles have synced up and then there are parts when they don't. And I, I'll be honest, I don't know the science to it um, because you do all of a sudden, isn't there? There's people who just say like, oh, if you're around me, your cycle will change because everyone's cycles just seem to sync up with mine. And I don't, I don't profess to know anything about that. But there's, it's interesting. It's just such rich, beautiful work that you can do in a relationship with both of you have menstrual cycle because, you know, rather than like from my own experience, you know, where I would think, well, why, <laughs> you know, why is she not giving me what I like, why, what I need? Like, and I didn't have the language for it. Then I can look back and see where I've been in parts of my cycle where my, I'm, I'm outward focus. I want connection. I'm moving forward. And she's probably been in a part of her cycle. And at the, at the moment it's where we are, we're at complete opposite ends and her energy is kind of moving inwards and, you know, like slowly, uh, turning away from the world and, and not wanting so much. And so when you're practicing natural cycle awareness, you can understand like, where am I in my cycle? What do I need? You have so much more language for that within yourself, which I think, you know, so many humans struggle with. But I also think that with a couple, it is a really wonderful, even, you know, if you're married to a man, it's a really wonderful way of communication because if people understand i mean you know I, we're never supposed to take anything personally but it's really hard to do with, yeah. this, with a partner exactly yeah <laughs> you know yep. somebody we expect for them to know us so well and stuff like that but the thing is is that i think it's really beautiful if we think about this in the sense of oh lizzie's down today she's a little quiet oh i know this is part of her cycle where she's quiet this has nothing to do to me hey honey can i bring you a cup of exactly so much that's it like I say all the time you realize it's not about you and and you also learn how to like look after because it brings so much language you can do some really beautiful work you know I was talking about the shadows when you you can and maybe see where some of your wounds exist and where there might be patterns for those and so you just you're able to tend to yourself more and and recognize like maybe what's happening in you and then equally like you say recognize what's going on for them I always say like menstrual cycle awareness within yourself brings lots lots of love lots of compassion and, and, an, and an ability to advocate within yourself for what you need because you're able to recognize what you need. And then when you throw that into a relationship, it's huge. Because like you say, you can't help but take things personally. And, 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 it's, and it's hard sometimes, you know, if we don't know what we need, how do we express to the other person in the room like what, what we need? And it can be quite clanky. So, 
Yeah, it's beautiful. So if you're not thinking, you kind of have this appreciation and understanding and where in the cycle maybe best for you to come together and then equally it's beautiful if you are thinking you know um you know then you can like chill out when you're both uh got your menzies and that's all about rest and it's really helping people to rest more opportunities for intimacy well and exactly yeah look at me (laughs) i'm on that phase of my i saw that yeah this shows where i'm in my cycle i'm coming up to my bleed so i'm just thinking about rest (laughs) but if i was at a different point in my cycle i would definitely be talking about the ladder so that's that's it and and then it's just you know so there's just so much to it because I think even just talking about the intimacy piece and the sex piece, it, it's it's a conversation that Bethany and I had because they were, because like literally this cycle, when I was peak ovulating and just thinking like, I just want to lather myself in you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she was just about to get to her period and she was at that point where she was like, I just need the world to be quiet and to go away. Mm-hmm. And so we have this appreciation for it and, and, you know, it doesn't mean that that's the only time that you want sex either. Right. But it's also been a beautiful lesson for me in, in, in understanding my own pleasure and how I can satisfy myself, not just through penetration, but in, in so many different parts of my life. So mm-hmm. you can do some really rich work with men- the menstrual cycle. Yeah. So what is the most challenging part of your business and getting your message out? Because as somebody who has worked with people coming out later in life, being gay, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, all those things that I work with. How about, you know, talking about periods? <laughs> like, you know, how do you, what's the most challenging part of your business? I think that it's that, like it's, like the, it's the messaging. Like I'm obviously, I'm sure you can tell I'm so passionate about the work and I know the impact it can have on your relationship with yourself. And if you are in a queer relationship or any relationship, like I know the the impact it can have on that. I think it's just sharing the message and helping people to see and inviting them into my world because I think they hear periods. A lot mm-hmm. of people have a lot of shame about their periods, right? The world has a lot of shame about periods. Mm-hmm. It's a world where you can see the blood of a murdered person and it's considered entertainment, but like period blood is like... Ew, gross. Ew, gross. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I always was like, my ex-husband was like that and I was always like very offended mm. because I'm like, dude, this is the stuff that gives life. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> you're here. It, yes. You know, and there are times where it's gross. And if you're somebody who is really bleeds heavy, like at the end, when I was, was in perimenopause, mm. I was having these horrible periods that that would be like, I would have to go change my pants, you know, that type of period. Yes. I understand that. But mm. I was, this is like, this is the stuff of life. This is how, this is the reason why I am able to, give us four beautiful children, like stop mm. the yuckness, you know, that I really, that pissed me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's not. So how did like, so like, do people come to you because, you know, they're struggling with their periods or it, are they just intrigued by the top? Yeah. I think it sometimes people come to me because they'll be like someone, you know, referrals because they're having a really terrible time with their periods and and, and it tends to be with their premenstruum, you know, their that time before their period. And then also because they're curious. Yeah. <laughs> they are curious. And then equally, some people don't come to me because of all it's, it's like, uh, like my sense of self is really not there or their lack of confidence and self-love. And because I talk so much to the, what you gain from this work, uh, a few people have kind of come into my world through that, but it's, yeah, it's hard. So you talk about shadow stuff. Do you do a lot with Carl Jung? Do you do that type of work? Uh, a little bit, like I, I because I suddenly came at uni, um, so I don't go deep into it. But it is, yeah, the, the, the shadow work that's there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I was curious if you had used his work. Um, mm-hmm. So what's your biggest successes? Yeah, I've kind of got two pieces. I think I was just thinking like, you know, one bit of work I'm also doing is going into the corporate world and educating about this. Mm-hmm. And I think that is just, it's, it's exciting. You know, it's exciting yeah, that there, yes. there are businesses out there for an appetite for me to come in and talk about periods and talk to them about periods and not just a women's issue. You know, when we make it just about women, we forget about our queer community and educate and being able to educate a room full of people about the cycles. And like I said to you before, like, and just see the room full of like shoulders just relax because all of a sudden you can see the penny dropping. I think there's that feels successful and having businesses kind of interested in the work and now coming to me, it just feels uh, exciting. You do. You, is it okay? Is it a woman owned business? Yeah. To be honest, the, my way in is to generally through women led teams because my way in usually is through HR and DEI teams and they tend to be led by women. Um, yeah. Men come to this like, do Mm, yeah it's because I'm really I'm I'm like you know so there will be men be like oh I'm really cool I'm interested in this mm. Talk about this to me and then there's men like oh my god you know <laughs> so do you I mean do you get the mixture of men yeah it's honestly Emery it's so refreshing when I get a call and I'm learning this as I go when I have a business that that and there'll be a man on the call who will be before they, they, they come in and we agree what work I'm doing and he'll be asking a lot of questions and he'll be asking a lot of questions knowing that the, that there's males in the business that really want to know because you know most of those men are either husbands yeah exactly they've got daughters they've got sisters and they've got peers and so I usually you know most businesses will let me come in and do a wider talk with the whole, the whole business and then like a focus group with people who are menstruating to go a bit more deep into the real like nitty-gritties of the cycle but just an overarching converse education about the cycle and, and we'll go into um, endometriosis and polycystics and PMDD so yeah because they want support too you know I think you know, that their partners pick up on this, you know, they pick up on their partner cycle, but they, they're not educated. So, well, yeah. And then, you know, there's the, there's self-perpetuating thing, you know, if you say to your partner, oh, you're crabby or something mm, like that yeah. in your period, you know, then there's defensiveness. And so the, exactly. the, it, it's really interesting. I think it, helping people understand like all of this will, can be really amazing if people let go of shame. And yeah. that's the thing is, is we have been shamed because we have periods yeah. and that is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, isn't it? Because it's half just... the world has periods, half the world. Exactly. And, exactly. and not even going into like, I remember going to uh, such an eye-opening experience where, you know, there's women who can't afford menstrual products mm, yeah. and stuff like that. It, it, and like, they literally miss school because of it. And I I was like, to me, that was so mind blowing to me because I had, again, never had thought about it before because I always had access to that stuff and it wasn't, and I just didn't really, I guess, just never thought about it. And so Mm. when I read that, when I was like introduced to that at a TED, at a TED talk, Mm. I was like, oh my goodness, you know, things that we just don't think about, but 50% of our world has to deal with this stuff and it's wonderful. And sometimes it's really difficult, you know? So I really appreciate you bringing this, this very important topic to life. Mm. So Somebody wants to get into this. They're like, oh, my God, I found my calling. Let's see. <laughs> um, you know, how do they get into this? Like, what would you recommend? Some really great books out there. I should really put them on my website. Um, 
there's a book called Wild Power by a woman called Alexandra Pope and her co-partner, Shani Hugo Willitzer. And they, they're the people who really brought this work to school. If anything, you remember, I would Google Red School. So they're the founders of Red School. And so just start to like, yeah, get informed about your cycle. Start to, and, and I think even on yourself, start to get curious about your menstrual cycle. But yeah, Red School is really where I, I trained with. And I also trained with a woman called Claire Baker. She trained with Red School and then opened up another school called Cycle Coach. And so there's a, there's a few bodies out there that can really educate people about the menstrual cycle. But it starts with you working with your own cycle, right? We know this. Right. Yeah. 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 And you start with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then I probably the women around you, if they're open to it, like mm. I just see like, you know, somebody, you know, it, and it's it, somebody who's been shamed about it, it. It would probably be very hard to talk about. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. There's a woman in Australia called Jane Hardwick Colling, and she's kind of a, uh, um, a leader in, in this space. Um, and she says, when we reject our body, when we reject our periods, we reject our bodies. And when we reject our bodies, we reject ourselves, you know, and it's just, there's just so much shame in there, you know, like, so there's so many people who don't want to talk about it because, you know, it, it goes so deep that like the world has rejected our periods. <laughs> of course yeah. people have rejected their periods. And then you can throw in all sorts of other. Yeah, there's um, definitely, there's it when we reject our body, you know, yes. So when we reject our periods, we reject our bodies, which would then ultimately means we're rejecting ourselves. Mm. And um, I think that's really, really true. I think there's like something very profound about like not rejecting our periods. Like this is just part of life. And mm. I really love the work you're doing. I'm going to ask you my three questions. Did you have a coming out song, Lizzie? I'm like trying to think what my coming out song was. I the only one that can come to my mind. I don't think I, I had a specific coming out song, but I have a song that I met when that was on when I met Beth. When I met Bethany, my partner, and I'm like, oh, it's so cheesy, but it was um, a Leon Bridges song. Mm-hmm. What was it called? Is it? Uh, I, I. It's probably one. Of, I know. I, I think I know which one. But I can't. Right? <laughs> Is it Beyond? Beyond. That's what it yeah. was. It's Beyond. And it just like, yeah, so that was, I always think about like, because I think, yeah, obviously I came up before I met Bethany, but that was a real like solidifying moment for me. So maybe a bit cheesy, but that's what it was. So I'm, I'm probably can guess the answer to this, um, a book or a movie that really changed your life. Oh yeah. W- w- Wild Power. Uh, yeah. By Alexandra Pope and Shiny Will. It's, a, oh, it's like my Bible. All right. And um, how would you describe your life today? Joyous. Really joyous. Yeah. It's it's interesting you asked me that because I wrote that in my journal, like about a couple of weeks ago, just, and what a change, you know, if I could go back 10 years ago, I never would have imagined that that's where I'd be today. So, yeah. Oh, but that also has to say something about your courage because it's mm-hmm. really brave to come out after being married to a man and going down the straight path and realizing that you were on the wrong one. Mm. So you should have been on the queer path. And so, and that takes a lot of courage, Lizzie, it really does. Mm. So kudos for you for doing that and then really finding your passion and your um, purpose, because it is a really interesting thing that you're talking about and really important. So I really appreciate meeting you today and having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I've loved it. You've been listening to Queer Business Success, the podcast that highlights LGBTQIA businesses. New episodes are published regularly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other listening platforms. 
wherever you're listening. Take a moment to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Are you an entrepreneur who's also queer? Want to share some of your wisdom and experience with the rest of us? We'd love to have you on the show. Just click the link in the show notes to apply to be a guest. Until next time, queer friends and allies, keep taking care of business.